to good land everybody the land where everything is good because what's better than hanging out with two best friends i am one of those best friends norin shearer and i'm the other one i am michael Dandhauer. how how is everyone doing today doing good doing good um tell me about your week michael it's been a good week um busy 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 of course and i've got school starting up so that's busy as well. I've been trying to get prepared, but it's also like spring now. So I've been doing some fun little garden projects as well. There's just like a lot of things going on at once and they're all good. So, well, that's good. Yeah. If you're going to be busy, at least it's with stuff that you are, are excited about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm finding that like, I get excited to like do errands on Saturdays now. I think that's a, a hallmark of being an adult right now. Is that <laughs> yeah. You know, Saturday, oh, I, I get to go to the store. I get to, to put this together. I get to plan this out. So it's so many things, you know, that I would dread before, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Um, what I, about you? How, how was your week? My week was good. My week was good. Um, mainly work since I, I work full time now, which, you know, is an experience. But mm -hmm. um, so mainly work, I'm pretty much am living for the weekends because by the time like I have to wake up early now I used to be a night owl I would stay up until like 3 or 4 a.m and then sleep till noon and I that was my preferred way to do things because once you hit like 10 p.m like there was nothing productive that could get done you know so it was yeah. just from 10 p.m till 4 a.m was just like my time to live it up and do whatever I wanted so i that's when I play video games and like watch TV and stuff. But now I have to wake up between 6.30 and 7.30 a.m. for work. And then I'm getting off work between 5.15 and 6.15. So that doesn't leave me a whole lot of time. Usually I'm in bed before midnight nowadays, which is crazy because for years prior to this, I hadn't been. Um, so I feel like I don't have as much time to do the fun stuff that I want to do. So I pretty much just live for the weekend now. Um, but even today on Saturday, when, when we were are recording this, um, I woke up at 7 a.m. because Jared and I went to, we had a very busy day today. Uh, we, we went to the comic book shop. They open at 7.30. So Jared was at my place at 7.30. We went to the comic book shop. We got our comics. We went across the street to this breakfast place called The Griddle. And we met this guy there at The Griddle, Michael. Jared and I were sitting in our booth and the waiter comes over um, and Jared and I are on our way to Gem State Comic Con, this uh, Idaho based Comic Con that's pretty small con, but it was pretty cool. Um, but we were on our way there. So Jared's wearing a Star Wars shirt. I'm wearing Ninja Turtles. Um, and the guy sees Jared's shirt and he goes, hey, I like your shirt a lot. And we were like, oh, cool, cool. You know, like, oh, we're, we're big Star <laughs> yeah. Wars fans. Um, and he was telling us that he's been listening to these old Star Wars audio dramas on the radio. Um, and then every time he came back, we would like learn something new and nerdy about each other. And he actually asked us the comic book shop that we go to around here is called the collector's outpost. And this guy collects Funko pops, I guess. So he was like, Oh yeah. Have you ever been to the collector's outpost? And we were like, we were just there 20 minutes ago. That's where we came from. And then I handed him my debit card when we were paying and he goes, Norin, like Norin rad. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, like the silver surfer. And I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> Have you known another one? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, maybe the first person in my life to ever get it without me telling them. And he was like, you guys are my people. And as we were walking out, he was like, hey, you guys know where I work. Be sure to come back. So <laughs> Jared and I had a very good time. And then we went to the Comic-Con and it was awesome. Um, we were, uh, there were, uh, quite a few people there. It was kind of a small con. They had their guests. It was like the guy that played Flash Thompson. Um, not Flash Thompson, Flash Gordon, the guy that played Flash Gordon in Flash Gordon. Um, and it's then not it the was worst. not too bad. Yeah. And then they had this lady who was like the voice of Firestar and the like old animated um, Spider-Man and Friends TV show. So the guests were like pretty cool, but um, kind of above like a little bit past my recognition level, but the vendors were really cool. I got some cool art prints. 
and we watched a lightsaber combat demonstration. Oh, that's always so fun. That was pretty cool. Um, so that was the good stuff that happened this week. But Michael, I'm not sure if you've heard, but there is something terrible happening in the world right now. Yeah, I, I felt a, a shift yeah. <laughs> in the world, in the energies. A disturbance in the force, some might say. Um, and that would be the closure of yahooanswers.com. Uh, the, the website Yahoo Answers where countless individuals across the world can go and ask a question of any nature and receive answers from random strangers on the internet. That, that, that service is being ripped from us from our very soul. And so um, in, in honor, in memoriam of the Yahoo Answers service, uh, Michael and I thought that we would take a page out of the book of a much more successful and much funnier podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me. We thought we would take a page out of their book and uh, dig up some of these Yahoo Answers questions and see if we could answer them for these random internet strangers in the hopes that, you know, they'll be able to find our show and find answers to their questions before the service is erased. I think it's on May 20th. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's on May 20th. Um, so we have a little bit more time to enjoy it, but as a sort of yeah. in memoriam, um, Michael and I thought we would delve into the depths, the bowels of Yahoo Answers. And, and to see if we could help out these individuals. So Michael and I mm -hmm. spent the past week um, scouring the, the annals of Yahoo Answers to dig up uh, some really important and really pressing questions. Um, so I guess, Michael, do you wanna kick it off? Do you wanna- Yeah, sure. you wanna start? I was, going, I was going through and someone may need to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they said that Yahoo Answers is going to be in a read-only mode after it shuts down. So oh. I think we might still get some gems, you know, it's going to be like unsupported. So it might phase out over time, but um, I will, I'll pick a, a good one to start with here. Okay. This, this is one of my personal favorites. This person asked, I just ate 52 pizza rolls. Will I die in my sleep? <laughs> and then they, they further specified saying, there are 152 calories in two rolls. Will I die? Oh, and I had two liters of Coke with it. Wow. What an experience this <laughs> answer user has gone on. Yeah, it, I, I mean, just like the, the feet alone of eating that many pizza rolls and two liters of Coke. Like, he needs an award. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, if that's not a world record, then I think I'm too afraid to ask what is the world I know. record. <laughs> I, we need people to reply to this and, and share their own experiences. My goodness. Michael, you took some, some medical-based classes. Um, tell yeah. me, in, in your expert medical opinion, uh, will this individual pass away in their sleep? You know, I, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, if they had heart problems, <laughs> you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe the, the two liters of Coke might have added and done them in, but I think this person will be okay. Um, there was one response. The, the best answer to this one says, you have a better chance of farting a hole through your sheets, <laughs> which, you know, I don't know if I'd rather die <laughs> or <laughs> have a fart that tears my sheets. Oh man. I kind of wish Jared was here for this episode because he would be <laughs> living for this. But um yeah, that that sounds wholly uncomfortable. Um I just can't yeah. imagine like when I went and I ate at the breakfast restaurant this morning, the breakfast sandwich that I consumed was enough to make me feel slightly uncomfortable. I can't imagine 52 pizza rolls and two liters of Coke. There was a time in high school, freshman year, where I drank two liters of Mountain Dew for lunch. Oh. And I <laughs> felt terrible all day. But also adding 52 pizza rolls to the mix? Yeah, no, that, that just sounds like a horrible combination. I looked up 
some a statistic it said that the, the most pizza rolls are let's see man i'm trying to find a, a record for the most pizza rolls yeah is that something that ripley is uh ripley's believe it or not what's the guinness is that something that guinness has really keyed into as of late yeah you think it would be top headliner but i'm having to dig for it <laughs> let's see so this says in 30 seconds this man was able to eat 13 pizza rolls so that's a lot 13 pizza rolls in 10 seconds that's more than one seconds? pizza roll a second hmm. what was that 10 seconds is what you said for uh-huh wow hmm i was gonna say i could probably beat that but i don't think i could <laughs> if our if our yahoo answers friend kept up that pace they would be able to eat all 52 pizza rolls in 40 seconds oh, oh wait no no it'd be, it'd be longer than that <laughs> it, it'd be within five minutes though oh my gosh at that point it's not eating it's inhaling yeah it's, it's just inhaling. like a vacuum just like sucking it down mm-hmm. see i just want to know what was this person doing so that like, you know, they're in a state where they would eat that many pizza rolls, you know, like, was it a game night with friends? Was he just like really lonely? Yeah. You like know? what situation arose where you found yourself in this predicament? Yeah. 52 pizza rolls later and only and, then realizing it was a bad idea. I know. Like this person it wasn't was cognizant at least to write it on Yahoo. So. You didn't hit like pizza roll 30 and think maybe I should slow down. Like it wasn't until 52 had entered your stomach that you were like, mm, maybe this was a bad idea. Got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, so that's my, uh, <laughs> my first hitter. That was a good one. My best um, Yahoo answer. Cool. Well, I have another one and it's pretty timely. Um, you know, last Last weekend uh, was Easter. Um, and this Yahoo's answer user that I had found uh, seems to be struggling a little bit. Um, Yahoo answers user anonymous says, I bought an Easter egg for my girlfriend, but she said she didn't like the brand. Is she spoiled? I paid $25. She didn't like it. I was hurt. And then he updated it five days ago and said, it was a Belgian chocolate egg. Uh, she said was bad. So this poor individual paid $25 for a chocolate egg and his, his girlfriend didn't like it. So he, he asks, is she spoiled? I don't know, man. That's like a, a $25 egg, you said? Yeah, $25 Belgian chocolate egg. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would certainly like you know, I'd always eat it, you know, even if it's not my favorite. So I'd say if my person, if I was to reply to that, I would say someone's probably spoiled if they're a, if they're capable of being picky enough to, to say that they don't like that egg. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, that's true. You know, he said he was pretty hurt when she said she didn't like it, but you know, if like, did she, did she thank him? You know, did she, did she say, I'm sorry, you know, thank you for the gift, but this is not my taste, you know, or we, we only have one side of the story. Yeah, here. true. She could have been like very, very tactful about it. You know, like for all we know, she was, she did everything right. You know, and this guy just got really hurt that she just, did not like the just egg. Upset, yeah. Cause you know, people, people like what they like. I don't, I don't like tomatoes. If someone bought me a tomato, I would say, thank you for the tomato but i think this is gross you know um and that's nothing against the the gift giver you know but it's yeah just... no and i mean i wouldn't call you spoiled <laughs> you know if someone's like hey can we not have mushrooms on pizza like oh man you're freaking spoiled aren't yeah. you <laughs> yeah i think you know michael it seems like we're kind of saying that the the asker is in the wrong it could be, you know, and I don't know. I mean, that's great seems, that he got such a good gift, but. Yeah. Most of the people responding to this question disagree with you and I. Um, for example, State California 2009 replies, you know what? You don't need a girlfriend treated you like that. If she doesn't accept your sweet gifts, 
then you can keep it yourself and just don't worry about her. She's not being nice to you. Next year, you shouldn't give or buy her anything either, if not Easter day candies or teddy bears. <laughs> you shouldn't overspend money on somebody who hurted your feelings, didn't said sorry back. You should do better to move on and find someone else that don't mind to accept your gifts. Doesn't matter what kind of brands. A lot of girls aren't picky about stuffs like that. As for your girlfriend isn't spoiled brat. She seemed like she being selfish and feeling less care about you. Belgian chocolate eggs are best. And I had eight those brands taste good. If you add the brand Peeps chocolate marshmallows <laughs> include with Belgian chocolate with ice cream tastes yum. You should try that make for yourself. Don't need to share with your mean and rude girlfriend. Man, what a work of art. <laughs> That was yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, State State California 2009 had some things to say. And maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it possible that State California 2009 was trying to say, your girlfriend doesn't appreciate your gifts, but I would. Hmm. Was, was State California 2009 trying to self-insert yourself oh, true. into the be. Yahoo Answers user anonymous relationship, trying to be a replacement? See, I just love how they, they recommended, you know, next year, next year, don't get them a gift. Like <laughs> you stay with this person a year, you know, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but then but regardless, comes around and it's like, oh, by the way, re remember last year, you're not getting one this year. No Easter day candies, no teddy bears, nothing. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah. All right, Michael, read me your next one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This, this is a recent one. This one says, um, is red blood a sign of communism? You know, and then they go on to further ask, if so, how do we stop the communism? I've been drinking blue food dye, but thus far, no luck. I just have blue poo, but I think all people opposed to communism should inject blue food dye in their veins. Oh, that... <laughs> You know, that is an interesting take, one that I cannot say I've heard before. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe there's a little bit in all of us, you know. Yeah, I mean, my blood is red, Norin. I'll just come out and say it. <laughs> Michael, it's really brave of you to admit that on the air. I appreciate yeah. your honesty and openness. Um, have you ever thought about if you could, if you could recolor your blood any color, not just blue food dye, any color, what would you want? That's a good question. You know, I personally would like to limit the amount of times that I do bleed, but when I do bleed, <laughs> hmm, I don't know. I mean, I always thought it was so cool how in like myths and legends, they talk about how like God's blood is like gold. Mm. Like that'd be pretty cool if you could do that to yourself. That you would know? be pretty cool like tattoos but like for your blood yeah yeah that would be awesome i don't know how you do that i mean you'd probably have to replace your whole heart actually no it's the bones the bone marrow that makes your blood so you need to replace your bones oh god that sounds like a terrible process <laughs> that seems yeah. not worth it <laughs> you have to replace blood. the marrow of your bones that just uh I don't know. You know, like I, I've wanted to get a tattoo. I've been like really close sometimes. I'm still thinking of getting one, but it's like, you know, that's a big decision. <laughs> I've never gotten one before. I don't know how much it hurts. There's the biggest reason that I don't have a tattoo is because of how expensive they are. <laughs> yeah, it is expensive. That's you know? the so main like... reason I don't have one, but I can't imagine if a tattoo <laughs> is, tattoos are expensive as they are. Imagine bone replacement exactly like, even of your blood you know instead of just having a sore spot on your arm you know or feeling the needles like they take out your bones man it's like that uh episode of spongebob where the guy's in that full body cast and he's like my bones are made of glass and my skin is made of paper <laughs> what is it every every night i fall asleep and by my heart murmurs my heart attacks yeah Oh man. oh man yeah that would be really painful i i think the process for us to like truly change our blood would be very painful 
another simple solution is you know how they have those like little things that you can put in your toilet bowls that like when you flush the toilet water <laughs> yeah. it changes the color you just need to like carry those things so at all time if you ever like get cut it it just comes out a different color you know it's that's a quick simple solution i'd say yeah i think if i could recolor my blood i would want to be like that fluorescent green like glow in the dark Ooh. so if i could have like glow in the dark paint blood because yeah that'd be useful have you ever woken up in the middle of the night with a nosebleed no i've actually never had a nosebleed so ever ever no in, that just in doesn't 22 happen. years of life no i don't know i don't i don't know what it is i my nose just does not bleed no matter what i've been hit pretty hard norin you've seen me been hit yeah. a couple hard times but no nosebleeds i am flabbergasted that that is something you've not experienced i have I think inherited it's my, my superpower yeah yeah know, that's the... your x-men your your mutant ability <laughs> At least the one I've discovered so far. So wow. at least have one. From from my mother, I have inherited like pretty chronic nosebleeds. Like I get them, especially in the springtime when my allergies kick in. I get nosebleeds pretty frequently. Sure, um, I remember that. Yeah, it does not take much for my nose to start bleeding. So that is just, I can't yeah, imagine so you, a life without them. <laughs> you, but, you'd want it to be like fluorescent. Yes, there have <laughs> like, been a couple of times where I've woken up in the middle of the night with my nose bleeding and you can't tell right away because you're like touching your hand and looking at it but you can't tell because it's dark but if that if that was glowing that'd be a lifesaver that's a good point think like if you got on a wreck at night like everyone would be able to get, know like look norn's bleeding right there right on his arm you know <laughs> yes it, it'd be probably a lifesaver being able to do that yeah I mean, definitely could I be that'd be pretty cool so maybe maybe yeah. i'll maybe i'll front the cash for that <laughs> okay here well, that's i got it from our anonymous communist friend i've got another one um this is a good one uh yahoo's answer user anonymous says my dad keeps eating all of my food i bought two cartons of ice cream and my dad ate them both i specifically put it in a separate freezer and he still takes it from there and eats it like it's his I got rice from a restaurant yesterday and barely had five spoons and now it's all gone. There was a bag of Cheetos and Takis and it disappeared within two days. I'm starving and there's no food to eat because my dad keeps eating everything I make or buy. What do I do? I am getting fed up. Well, you're not getting fed. That's for sure. <laughs> Your dad's getting fed. Yeah, dad, dad keeps eating the food no matter what happens. I... I think the first step here is to check, is this your father or is this a beast? Are you living with some kind of animal and you just maybe like lost your dad at a, at a truck stop somewhere when you were a kid and your dad is, is now lost in a truck stop bathroom and you have replaced him with this With a possum. <laughs> and without realizing it you have brought this this bear into your minivan and brought him home is that a possibility here <laughs> that's true that's quite a lot of ice cream you know i wonder if this person has had a convert did they say that they had a conversation with their dad they didn't specify they said that they have moved things into separate freezers but know. that was about it Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'd do if, like, if I had someone that was just constantly eating my food, I would get territorial over food. I'd say that's probably like the one thing where it's like, mm, if you touch that, not too happy about that. <laughs> I like my food. So if someone ate like two things of ice cream and a bunch of leftovers of mine, I would be upset. Yeah, I mean, they got rice from a restaurant and barely had five spoons. That's that's not enough spoons, you know, to feel satisfied. Yeah, no. um, one Yahoo Answers user suggested that uh, this individual move out. Um, if, you know, if, if this is such an issue, just move away. 
someone also um, said, uh, if you live in his house, deal with it. So <laughs> just deal with it. You're not paying rent. You're paying food. You're, you're paying sustenance. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, that's the thing is like, we need to know a little bit more here. Like, were there terms before? Has this been brought up in the past? Because I, I would say if, if it gets to that point, I'd probably put something in my food, you know, <laughs> just Ooh. put a little laxative or something in there. Teach them a little lesson. Yeah, that, that's the route that I'd go. But like, you can get in trouble with that, I guess. So it's it's like the, the classic um, dorm room peanut butter situation. <laughs> Explain, explain this, uh, this <laughs> phenomenon. Um, I, I believe, as I recall, um, and warning to our listeners, that there was um, some people in a dorm room and they just had kind of a rule, you know, or you don't eat each other's food. And, you know, one person had peanut butter and they were using peanut butter, you know, for, for more than just food. <laughs> They're using it in a consensual activities <laughs> manner. And then someone else ate the peanut butter who, you know, it wasn't their peanut butter and they shouldn't have eaten it, but they did. And then it started this huge argument in the dorm on who was right in that situation and who was wrong. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So you open up the jar of peanut butter and instead of the usual knife marks, instead there is a essentially a hollowed out cylinder is, is what we're looking at essentially, correct? Yeah, I think it had been used with someone else, more like used as decoration for someone. Oh, I think that was the case. I see. So not, not quite that way, but <laughs> <laughs> not quite the use, but it had been used for that activity. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. It is the same principle, you know, like if you don't want someone to eat your food, you know, maybe make the food not worth eating. Yeah. Mark your territory, you know, in one way or another, <laughs> be, be careful. Dad opens up the carton of ice cream and there's like carved into it with a knife is like, watch your back <laughs> as he opens it up. Uh, let me ask you, Norn, would that stop you? if carved into the ice cream was watch your back would you not eat it i i don't know i mean maybe the first time i would but if it kept occurring like i opened up the box of cheez it's and there was like cut out like magazine letter note in there that says you're next you know like if it became a pattern i think i'd be like okay this is something that i need to halt <laughs> this is too much yeah there comes a breaking point me, I would have reached my breaking point a while ago in this scenario if they're eating that much, but to each yeah. his own, you know? Yeah. All right. Read us another one. Okay, cool. All right. This one says, do you think that NASA invented thunderstorms to cover up the sound of space battles? God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> why why do you hope so norin i don't know i feel like it would just make things a lot more exciting like knowing that there were space battles occurring i feel like that's the kind of excitement i, I would like in my life that's true yeah i always think of like you know uh, i'm like always very open to conspiracies like i always give them like a little bit of thought at the least but like you know, I love ones that are like, you know what, the pigeons, they're all cameras you yeah, know, that yeah, were yeah. being watched by the pigeons, you know, and I hear that and it's like, okay, likely no, do I want it to be true? Yeah, because that means somewhere out there, there are pigeon cameras. How cool is that? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think space battles would be pretty cool. Who would they be fighting with? That's what I was just going to ask. Who would the participants be? I mean, we know that we have... Area 51, harboring alien secrets. And we know that the aliens built the pyramids. That is a fact that we are aware of. 
<laughs> we're going to accept this as fact. And between those two, we know that we have had an alien crash in Roswell, New Mexico. We know that we know that we have not been allowed first, uh, you know, firsthand contact with the aliens. And maybe, True. you know, these aliens, the Roswell crash was a result of a NASA space battle. He got shot out of the sky. Maybe NASA is protecting us from hostile aliens. Yeah, true. We'd have to ask ourselves, is NASA on our side in this? You know? Yeah. Are they protecting us or are they keeping us in the dark? Are the aliens coming to liberate us from NASA's cold iron grip? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, yeah, because we could either see aliens as bringing new technology, like bringing good things, trying to, to liberate us, or, you know, we could all just be dead. So that, that's, that's something that you'd have to decide before you try, start trying to like dismantle NASA. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's decide in, if they're truly helping you until we infiltrate NASA and take them down from the inside. We'll never know one way or the other. They could be protecting us. They could be worldwide heroes or they could be keeping us in the dark and preventing us from a space-based epiphany, a, a space-based uh, paradise that, that we could be tr uh, brought to. We'll never mm. know. Yeah, well, I'd say, you know what? I think NASA is inventing thunderstorms, you know? And we don't have record of thunderstorms before NASA, right? <laughs> There's no record of those. Not that I'm aware of, and not yeah, that I to be made aware of. It's true. All, all the, you know, all, all the the cavemen that, you know, they might have drawn lightning and clouds, but thunderstorms and the sound of thunder, how do we know? We they didn't draw notes know. anywhere. If, if NASA was inventing the sound of thunder, what so i guess how would how would this process take place these the sounds of thunder and the flashes of lightning would be generated by the battle itself right the sound of of the fight would be would be causing the thunder is that the general consensus here yeah i mean i think so probably there, there's gonna be actually is there a sound in space i don't think there's sound in space well, I mean, how close are they to the atmosphere? That, that's a good point. That probably is some sound every once in a while. Yeah, so. like maybe they're within our atmosphere enough that, you know, that the sound will would reach us. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't really need to make the sound of thunder to cover it up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You could just put a blanket of clouds and it would be enough. We just couldn't see it. So then the process here is that NASA is producing clouds and rain it's pretty it, impressive yeah it, that. is that the system that we are assuming this this is based upon <laughs> that, that would be pretty fun i'd say it'd be really cool if we ever did get to the point where we could like control the weather but you know maybe it's just because i have like a primitive mind compared to the future but i think that would like tamper with too much stuff <laughs> Like, well, like the earth has monitored with a chance its, of meatballs. Yeah, the earth has monitored its like weather system for a good time. You know, it's there will be some well flukes. <laughs> there there will be some flukes, you know, some crazy things, but all in all, I can't complain, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had to do nothing. It gives me a change of scenery. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. I know what tampering with the Earth's natural weather, pa weather patterns can do. And at, at first, spaghetti from the sky seems like a good idea. But as Flint Lockwood found out, you know, it can be pretty risky. More than that. So, yeah, right. so I think we answered the question. It'd be cool if it did. It'd be cool if, it'd be cool if it did. And also, aliens built the pyramids. <laughs> Just throw that in there. Okay, Michael, this next one that I have for you has a visual component to it. So I'm going to share my screen with you. Oh, cool. Is this 
a valuable antique sword. It is my grandfather's sword, and it is in our house for about 40 to 50 years. I don't know much about it. Can someone please give me some information? Thank you. Hmm. What do you think, Michael? Does that look cool. like a valuable antique sword? Uh, if anyone knows anything about me, I think every sword is pretty cool. So I'm going to say yes. Yes, that is a valuable antique sword. <laughs> Would I want it on my mantle? Yes. <laughs> oh, it's a what's, dagger. What's the consensus and here? It's a dagger and readily available. And brand isn't famous. So are dreaming it's even machine made, not hand forged. An antique dealer will take one look and send you home. It's okay for a hand-me-down to your kids. Hmm. I shot your daddy, says no. <laughs> no. Aw. This is the wrong place to ask. You should have it appraised by an antique arms dealer. That might be a 19th century artilleryman's short sword, but I think it's a 20th century vintage officer's dagger. Too short to be a sword might be worth anywhere from 50 quid to 2,000. Anonymous basically says, why are you asking here? Obviously, <laughs> yeah, We don't are, have those answers. Obviously, you are not serious about antique weaponry if you were bringing that here to Yahoo Answers. <laughs> that is an yeah. affront to everything that we stand for in this community. It's true. I mean... If it was something that was pretty valuable, I'm sure some people would probably pick it up, but it's good. Yeah, and, and like you said, a sword is a sword is a sword. Yeah, I there's like one of my favorite quotes, and it's, what is the sword but the man who wields it, you know, or the person who wields it? Like, it you can make that sword valuable. <laughs> it may not be worth much, but you can make it so. How would you go about doing it? What would you do with that sword to make it valuable? Uh, that's a good question. I'd probably, hmm. I'd say you could go like the infamous route, but, you know, I, I'd rather not. <laughs> um, other than that, you know, like you could go like off into war, which also, you know, that'd be pretty infamous too one way or another um, people are dying and you know think how cool it would be to wield a sword into battle call me old-fashioned but i would rather use a sword than a gun yeah he probably wouldn't last very long in today's yeah i was gonna say does that mean that i would be the first to die yes but i would die with a sword in my hand <laughs> but i would and then it would become valuable you know it'd be like hey this is like grandpa's sword he died you know storming this beach <laughs> he, he died wielding the sword and then it would become one of those famous things in like 200 years you know where they'd be like hey there was this big battle everyone had guns except michael <laughs> michael for some reason chose to wield a sword and you know i would be remembered i would be famous and then that sword would become worth a, a lot of money yeah yeah it's all about the history of it yeah so you, you could give it a good enough history and you would be set I would use it to fight the alien battles alongside NASA. <laughs> I would too. That would be a lot of fun. Okay, I think we, we just need to go back to swords. You know, we the aliens can back. stay. Aliens can stay. Swords, they need to come back. All right. Michael, read me another one. Yeah, okay. Let me pull up one more. Oh, I had a good one. Let me. All right. So this one says, where is the Great Wall of China? <laughs> I have heard about the Great Wall of China and it seems like an amazing wall. Isn't that great? You know, this is an amazing wall. I want to go see it. <laughs> And then they say, I'm planning on visiting it, but I don't know which country it's in. I've tried asking my friends, but they give me an angry look and walked away. I also asked my little sister and she just laughed. So where is it? Is it like in France or something? Oh, <laughs> so, man. Poor, poor guy. The Great Wall of China. You know, as far as walls go, it's pretty impressive. 
I would I say. Mean, yeah, I think it's it's definitely one of the coolest walls out there. You top know? ten. It's in the top ten of all walls. Yeah, definitely. Like they're they're like border walls that are super, super long and stuff, but they just will never look as cool as the Great Wall, you know. I watched a video on Twitter of someone rolling a 20-sided dice down some steps on the Great Wall of China. Oh, and it landed cool. on a natural 20. So I can't beat that. Yeah, I'm going to go play D&D. Next time we have our session, I'm going to be in China. Because um, Supriya, that's the, the person who asked this question, the Great Wall of China is in China. And there's the answer you're looking for. Next question. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> uh, one person did reply, and this was the best answer. It says that it's actually in England, used by the Romans to keep the Welsh out. Half of it was moved to the USA in 1872. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's impressive, moving half a wall. Half, so. of, half of the Great Wall of China, which is very long yeah yeah no and that sounds about accurate you know i i think your general like your first instinct your gut reaction to the to the question where's the great wall of china your first instinct is china but that's the beauty of it kind of the hidden yes. genius you know you build a wall to keep out the romans and you name it the great wall of china they think we don't have to worry about that wall because it's way over in China. It's not in England. It's <laughs> That's nowhere not a near. thing. They show up to England. Boom. Great Wall of China right there in front of them. They had no idea. It's Greenland all over again. Yeah, exactly. It's that same principle. Yeah, I like that. That's that's pretty smart. That's pretty it's the secret brilliance of the Great Wall of China. We just need to start naming things like that. You know? <laughs> and then they, they think it's you know they're like okay you know what we're not going to attack england we're going to attack the united states and guess what half of it's there half of it's there <laughs> that is the solution for our yahoo's answer user whose dad keeps eating their food it's not ben <laughs> and jerry's wall. it's the ben and jerry's of china and the dad is thinks i can't reach that ice cream i can't get on a plane and go to china that's too far away but boom the ice cream is secretly in the garage the whole time. The whole time. Mm, not bad. I like that. We solved it. We cracked the code. You know, through history, it's actually not uncommon for people to move like whole structures across like the ocean. I don't know why people do it. You know, why people care that much about a building, but building a wall, the Great Wall in the United States, what a tourist attraction. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly we need we need more we need more things like that all right okay. let's hear another one norn okay i've got another one and this one is going to be good it's going to let us flex our creativity so anonymous asks can a writer help me out with this how can i make a character who is a mermaid mother but also betrothed to a human prince leave her kids and go through with the wedding so that war doesn't break out between the two kingdoms without the mother sounding awful updated one day ago it's not a romance book black so Man, what a what a story we have a mermaid betrothed to a human prince the mermaid is a mom and she has kids she has to she has to leave her kids to prevent war between the two kingdoms but we don't want her to sound like she doesn't care about her kids we don't want her to sound awful how would you approach this Man, this is like the furthest question I could relate to. <laughs> you I know, am not cause... a mermaid. I am not a mother. <laughs> no, like I other am not questions. betrothed to a human prince as much as I wish I was. <laughs> See, and I could relate to the pizza rolls. You know, I could relate to not knowing geography. <laughs> I could relate to a lot of these things. I cannot relate to this. So yeah, this one takes us a bit outside of our comfort zone, but that's, you know, here at Goodland, sometimes we got to explore things that we're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. See, I want to know, am I betrothed to this prince, like out of my will? Like, do I love this prince or is I'm it gonna... like a, a 
a forced marriage or, or even like just a structured marriage, you know, it doesn't have to be all bad. You know, it's just like for the good of the, the nations, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my gut reaction is to say no. Right. Because she's got kids. Yeah, are- true. She probably has a, another, you know, spouse, another, there's person, a mermaid. So. There's a mermaid that she loves very dearly who is, you know, the father to her mermaid children. She has to leave her mermaid family behind to prevent war. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, dang. That's hard. It's one of it's those. It's tough, like, isn't it? Yeah. Um, one Yahoo's answer user says, you actually can't heart emoji. She left her kids. They're going to be emotionally damaged by it, regardless of how important her reasons were. Difficult and impossible choices, like choosing between a war and your kids, are a lose-lose. No matter what you choose, someone gets hurt. But that's actually good. Characters just need to be an a-hole sometimes. Otherwise, they can't learn and grow and change throughout the story. Real life people aren't perfect, and they can't always relate to a perfect character. So play into the concept. So she said, it's, you know, it just sucks. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's being a mermaid princess just sucks yeah it's not all it's put out to be i guess it's a lot a lot worse than that you know in my experience with mermaids you know from ariel and this one it seems like a pretty rough life <laughs> it's just like <laughs> fraught with princes and tough decisions <laughs> so i i agree with that answer that was a good mature way of putting that you know like it, you can't it what's done is done and you know can't be undone it's there it almost seems like being a mermaid is is best if you're just not aware of the surface you know yeah like if you if you can just live a blissful mermaid life underneath the waves things are going to be okay for you but as soon as you try and mix those two worlds it just gets tough yeah yeah you got to keep those worlds separate there are just too many beautiful human princes that (laughs) you know you just have to you have to give up your entire undersea life i know they they definitely pay a high price just for some attractive princes princes you know like (laughs) the whole world your voice you know your your ability to live underwater like that's a lot i don't know if i'd trade that if i if my life was living in the ocean i wouldn't want to give that up that's pretty cool well let's let's mix it let's reverse it michael say that you had to go live underwater and get betrothed to a mermaid princess Mm. you had to leave the surface and go live in the underwater world you know how would this how would this affect you this decision yeah man the thing is like with the whole like world needing to be saved i probably would still do it you know like because that's just something you have to do you know it's a really tough decision but i would find that pretty hard giving up like this life you know maybe i didn't give ariel enough credit because that's hard (laughs) yeah it's a tough decision and i mean you know, it probably starts out cool as you're like exploring underwater and you're like, you know, this is a neat change of pace. But in the back of your mind, you're like, I got kids up on the land. Mm-hmm. At least we're not. Yeah, that'd be hard. At least we're not warring. But yeah, that's that's tough. Also, I can't breathe underwater. So that no. kind of suck. No more pizza rolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no more. Um, you know, that's one thing that uh, Yahoo's answer user anonymous does not clarify. Um, when they get betrothed, you know, she's leaving the ocean. I think she has to leave her kids and go through with the wedding. How does, how do, how does she surface? Is it like an aerial situation where she has to give something up? You know, anonymous did not specify. I feel like I need a little bit more, um, a little bit more information on this yeah for all we know this is an actual mermaid in this situation i would never know <laughs> i 
I would never know if this is true or not. This Yahoo Answer user says, as is well established by mermaid lore, the mermaid lays her merbaby eggs, and then after putting them somewhere safe to grow, she can just piss off. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, that changes everything. Yeah, apparently it's not an issue at all. You just lay your merbaby eggs and leave. <laughs> so many animals do that in the wild, I guess. Wow, this Yahoo's answer user, Yahoo Answers user question mark says, start with watching Disney yet again and write something different. That was not very constructive. <laughs> no, not, not an answer. <laughs> no. I wouldn't put that in the realm of answer. More of an attack. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Michael, do you have another good one? Yeah, I do. This one says, should I play Sims 4 or go outside? I am mentally drained and I'd like to stay inside and just play Sims for the day, but I feel like I should go outside and enjoy the sun while it's here. But I just really don't want to, but I should, but I really don't want to send help. Yeah. Uh, H A L P. I, I will, <laughs> I will tell you Yahoo answers user. Um, we're talking about how we related to the previous questions. This is a relatable question, you know, especially now that like, like working full time and stuff just feels mm -hmm. like there's not enough time in the day. Sometimes I just want to play games, but you know, there are things that I probably should do more. It's true. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Like, I, it's funny because when, like, um, whole quarantine started, like, over a year ago, Kelsey and I played The Sims. <laughs> that was something we just played just to, to kind of distract ourselves, you know, or, or just have a good time together. But I definitely feel that sometimes, you know, or, like, it's a bright, sunny day. And I really want to play video games, but it's also like, oh, I should take advantage of this while it's still here. So I definitely feel that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. that's 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 relatable, especially in a game like The Sims, where you are like crafting a world and a life, you know, that can be whatever you want it to be outside of your own, you know, like, like it's such a way if your own life, you know, you're not feeling great in it, you play the Sims and you make a brand new life. You know what I mean? So it, it's pretty understandable that that's a struggle. Do I go live my life that is real or do I live this virtual life where I can do anything I want? Yeah. Yeah. Some, some answers that have been kind of helpful. You know, one person says, like, if you do have a backyard you can enjoy, then I'd say yes. But if not, you know, I wouldn't because there, there's a pandemic, a worldwide virus around outside, you know. So you can see that one person recommends play Sims for outside, the best of both worlds. Ooh, that's brilliant. That That's a good one. You know, you, you can get, go out there, get some vitamins, enjoy the breeze, and still play Sims. I think that should become I, I more like of a trend one. than it is playing games outside. Yeah. Like it'd be pretty cool. Like just sit down on your back patio with your Nintendo switch, you know, and just game in the, in the sunlight. I think that would erase a lot of the stigma that people have on video games. You know, I, obviously it's not as much a problem now as it was. Um, people have video games. I feel are more, universally accepted now but you know there was that stigma you know that joke of the people in the mom's basement or whatever but if you just take that up the stairs and out into the backyard boom problem solved yeah it re reminds me of the the wii games you know when you'd be playing wii and it'd be like go take a break outside <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're like why uh, are you playing that. this virtual baseball when you could just go play with a <laughs> yeah, real baseball go outside yeah, so I, I definitely have ignored that a few times. And I've had a few times where it'd be like raining outside and it'd be like, go have a break outside. Do it. <laughs> no, I don't want to get in the way of the alien space battle, okay? <laughs> no, don't you, you recognize there's a thunderstorm out there? I could get shot by an alien spaceship. You know what's going on. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Michael. I, I definitely like, definitely feel that question. Yeah. That is a relatable one. And, and now I think this will probably be our last one. 
but I think this is an important issue, um, an important social issue that, that we should talk about here. Um, was Blackbeard a great pirate? Let's try this again. Last time, all I got was a couple too clever by half non-answers. So I'm going to try to better explain the type of expertise I'm looking for. By all accounts, historians have plenty of evidence that Blackbeard was skilled, experienced sailor, and a worthy intelligent captain. They're also quick to note that at least some other pirates bested his feats by a wide margin. Various articles list him among great pirates, but demur at whether they are doing so for his successes or simply his legend. My problem is that I have no barometer to measure the success or failure of standard pirates in the era. Were Blackbeard's feats, uniting a handful of ships into a fleet, a successful blockade of Charlestown, and a two-ish year of more, two-ish years of more standard crimes, inordinately successful, above average, or just enough for this memorably odd and scary human being to make his mark on the popular imagination. If you are one of those flimsy moralizers come to preach about how this is seeking praise for a criminal, move along. I'm looking for objective information on how successful this historical figure was compared to others of his ilk. Man, that's my favorite question. That's yeah. a finisher. <laughs> was Blackbeard actually successful or is it just his legend making him appear successful? Hmm. Dang. I personally do not know much about Blackbeard. I love what? pirates. That's like my favorite. If I could go back into any time, I would be a pirate. I just always have thought they're like the coolest things ever. And I, I agree with the asker of this question. You know, they lamented that they, they didn't have a standard of scale, <laughs> you know, they should have a scale for pirates, you know, like how they have like Scoville's for heat, you know, we've got temperature yeah. for that. We need to have a pirate rating scale. Like doubloons out of 10 or something. Yeah, I, I think that would be awesome. So one, I think we need to invest in that. Two, that's a good question about Blackbeard. Norrin, what would you say? What, what do you know about Blackbeard? <laughs> What I know about Blackbeard is, you know, as uh, this Yahoo's answer user, Chris says, um, it's like, and, and like you said, agreeing with Chris, it's hard to know. Um, here's what Larry One says. Larry One says, history has considered Edward Teach, Blackbeard, the quintessential pirate by the example of what pirates, especially an English pirate should be, but history has withheld great for one reason, he didn't last long enough, a full pirating career of only two years. However, he accomplished more in those two years than most pirates in a whole career, but he was just too short in time to be considered great. A pirate captain at age 36, killed in battle at age 38. For two years blazed pirate glory. You seem to know all his accomplishments. He had charisma and everyone remembered him. He knew how to lead, how to use fear and public image, but not just for very long. A standard for great pirate. How about Henry Morgan? Not only pirate, but also a successful organized crime boss. So famous, he has a rum named after him. Hmm. So by that measure, it, it might be safe to say Blackbeard was a good pirate, but he got bested in battle. He apparently he died in battle. I had no idea, but yeah. he was, he was slain and it's slain by another pirate and, and that obviously means that another pirate has beat him yeah there's a, there's a better pirate at least in that function at least in battle i guess as far as swordsmanship is concerned so hmm. good good but maybe great is too strong a word and yeah i probably wouldn't say greatest and like being charismatic like that does mean something like Think of how many inventors like invent things that we just don't, we have like no clue who they are. Like we know who Thomas Edison is, we know like a lot of like famous inventors, but like, do you know who invented the toothbrush? I don't, you know, uh, I, I don't know who, who invented, you know, laptops even. Like who's yeah. the first person to come up with that? Like, you know, I know a lot of people that are in that, that business and stuff but 
you know, if, if people don't know who you are, if you don't have that charismatic side, I feel like you're missing out. So Blackbeard definitely had that charismatic side to him. Yeah, and it seemed like he accomplished more in his pirating career of two years than many did in their entire careers. But, mm -hmm. I mean, that was just the start, right? Like, he didn't have a chance to really kick off. Some people, what he did in two years, that was their entire career, doing what they True. did. A mini year yeah, run. I think imagine if he lived you know how much more he would be able to do i think if he lived he definitely could be the greatest pirate ever yeah, yeah. definitely so i mean that that takes a lot of guts to to do what he did you know i don't know if you know what he did was good or bad i don't know the circumstances of that situation but you know that took a lot of guts and he did it and was successful at it for two years you said so I'd say that that's good pirate material. Yeah, he's good. He's a good pirate, but he's not great. Not great. So I think in the future, we need to figure out who the best pirate is. So. And you know what that requires, Michael? What does that require? A time machine. Ah, shoot. <laughs> we need to go back we in time and spend time with all the pirate captains. I think that would be great. I already said if I could go back in time, I'd be a pirate. So this is just are you two are you good on a boat? Do you got sea legs? <laughs> I've never been on a boat. <laughs> then you might not be a very good pirate. <laughs> I know that I love kayaking. You know, I've been boating, but like on the ocean, that's a whole different yeah, thing. Yeah, I think it's different. I think it's a little bit yeah, different. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I could be a horrible pirate, but I think it's freaking cool so cool. i either need to um go back in time and be a pirate then and if that doesn't work i need to go forward in time until i'm like in what is that um space pirates what is the that old dreamworks movie um, oh treasure planet <laughs> treasure treasure planet there we go if yeah if i don't do good in the the back in time parts i would fast forward because they would have taken care of seasickness, you know. That's true. Just, they would they would have something whole, for that. Exactly. It's just a whole different type of being a pirate. So. Also, if you can get in on the ground floor of space pirating, like we go back in time and join a bunch of established pirate crews, that's, you know, we don't have as big a chance to stand out. But if we go in time to the birth of space pirating, we can get our names in among the, the pioneers of space pirating. That's true. And all we need to do is just break the thunderstorm barrier. And then we're there. Yep. Break we got to get past all the space barrier. aliens. And this will be after the topple of NASA and their uh, iron grip on us. There we go. You heard it first, everyone. NASA is going to fall due to space. With the thunderstorms. <laughs> Oh, right. Dang. Yeah, that was a good question. Were there any other answers on there? Yeah, let, let's let's take a look at that. Uh, Yahoo's answer user question mark says, I think you should try this again without whining, though. <laughs> Do over again. <laughs> um, another Yahoo's answer user says, this problem, the problem is that there are no objective criteria for the word great. People argue endlessly over who the greatest athletes are, for example, or the greatest singers. I would say that one measure of greatness is whether people remember the person. The fact that most of us have heard of Blackbeard and are talking about him now is some evidence of greatness. There were a lot of pirates, you know. I had an ancestor who was captured by pirates twice on his way from Brazil to New York, once by Spanish <laughs> pirates and once by English pirates. It was not by any of the famous pirates who captured him. So the fact that Blackbeard was notable enough to be named in history books, stories, and legend is evidence of his being in some ways well above average. And I like that. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. You know, who who cares what he did? You know, the, he's still getting talked about today. And maybe we won't be able to say the same, you know, but but people are definitely talking about Blackbeard. So he's he's better than a lot of us in that account true that's true yeah 
Well, here's to Blackbeard. Here's to Blackbeard. Blackbeard certified good. <laughs> <laughs> certified good. We Blackbeard's cool. Yeah. I don't know his history too much, but I like pirates. And as far as being a pirate, Blackbeard was a good pirate. Yeah, so. I feel like we need to put a disclaimer in that we do not agree <laughs> with the actions of Blackbeard and would not like <laughs> good to see pirate. <laughs> yeah. Please do not attempt to replicate them in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> we do not agree or condone his actions, but we do certify him good. There we go. Well, that was good. And you know, rest in peace, Yahoo Answers. Um, it, you know, it's, it's been a great service you provided us. Um, thank you, my brother, my brother and me for inspiring this episode of our show. Um, we, you know, we, we owe a lot to them in that regard, specifically for this one episode, because it's their thing and we did it. (laughs) But, uh, you know, anyway, thank you so much, everyone for coming with us back into the Valley, back into the land where things are good. Um, bit of shameless cross promotion. If you like me and if you like Michael, uh, go check out Dungeon Stories. It's another podcast that we're both on where we play Dungeons and Dragons and it's very fun. Um, if you are watching Dungeon Story, if you're watching, well, if you're watching Dungeon Stories or if you're watching this show, Goodland, on YouTube, like and subscribe and comment and do all that good stuff. Um, if you're on iTunes, leaving a rating really helps us out, helps get us noticed. Uh, don't forget to follow us on our socials at Goodland Pod on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Goodland on Facebook. Uh, go and and tell people about us. We've we've got some good things to say, and we've got good stuff in the works coming up. We have good stuff already worked on and done back behind us that we have produced. So check that out and share it with people as well. Um, and with that, everyone, this has been Goodland. And I'm glad you're alive.